in this year's Parshas Vayetze, Tavshanai and Gimel, as we get into the story of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, we had the Parshas of Avram and Yitzchak, as we mentioned last week, and now we get into Yaakov. And of course, the Parsha starts off with the story of the ladder, the story of the Sulam, one of the many dreams in Sefer Bracious. So if we just contrast, since source number one, uh, getting right into the dreams, Rameir Pamishlana, one of the Hasidic Rebbes, said, Matsinu Betorah Biur Shalbez Chalomos. There are two dreams that we could contrast in Sefer Bracious. There's more than two, but there's two that he says that we could contrast. Yaakov Avinu Ra'as Sulam Mutzav Artsa. Yaakov goes to sleep and he sees Malachim. He sees a Kaddish Baruch Hu on top of the ladder. That's one dream. Paro Chalam Al Sheva Paros Shmenos. Vayikas Vayachalam Shenis. Paro thinks of fat cows and more cows. And he goes to sleep and he thinks of some grain. He turns over and he goes back to sleep. Why does Yaakov Avinu think about angels? Why does Paro think about cows? So just a one-liner, says Ramir Pamishlaner. Depends how you go to sleep. Nobody goes to sleep one way and wakes up another way. If I go to sleep thinking about angels, then there's a good chance that I'm going to dream about angels and wake up angelic. If I go to sleep like a behemoth, there's a good chance I'm going to dream about behemoths. And in that way, that's what happens. Hakol talui ketzad hochim lishon. So we want to know how to wake up differently, we have to go to sleep differently. However that means, whether it means to learn something before we go to sleep, whether it means to make sure that we don't have to say I'm sorry to anybody before we go to sleep, we have to go to sleep properly. If we go to sleep properly, so then we can wake up properly. And he even suggests, that's why if you look in Simon Aleph in Shulchan Aruch, the first halacha that Rabbi Yosef Cairo says, when he talks about in on line 7, Yisgaber Kari, you have to wake up in the morning like a lion. La'amod ba'boker la'avodas baro, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Ramah, the first Ramah in Shulchan Aruch. On that, Shulchan Aruch quotes the Mara Nebuchim, who says that our actions are different when we're alone and when we're in front of a king. We always have to feel that Hashem's there, Shavit Hashem Lanaki Samit, but the Ramah tells us, and when you go to sleep, you have to go to sleep, and remember that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is is in charge. So, Rav Meir Pamizlana just notes, why is the Ramah telling us about going to sleep if the Shulchan Aruch is talking about waking up? What is the difference between waking up and going to sleep? So says Rav Meir Pamizlana, no, that's the point. If you want to wake up properly, you have to go to sleep properly. He says, A horse never went to sleep woke, and woke up like a person. That's never happened in history. In Bishachvo Yishkav Kasus, Yakum Kasus. If I go to sleep like an animal, I'm going to wake up no different. If I go to sleep properly, if I have the proper perspective when I go to sleep, so then my next morning will also be proper as well. Yaakov Avinu was Zochet to dream about Malachim because his whole life and when he went to sleep, he was dreaming of Malachim. Okay, that gets us started. Just a small thought from the Rameer Pamish Liner, and now we get into some. Very interesting ideas that Bez Hashem we have on our on our plate tonight. Some uh, some new thoughts that uh, that aren't so common. Okay, let's start off with a ha'ara. We know the Rashi tells us beginning of the parsha in the story of the sulam Yaakov Avinu sleeps and 
He takes the Evan, and the Pasuk tells us that Yaakov Davind, as we know, Yaakov Davind, and Vayifka Bamakom Vayolensham, Pasuk Yeralov Kivo Hashemesh, Rashi tells us what's Vayifka Bamakom, what does that mean? Kamo Ufagabi Yericho Vachulu, Vulamanu Shetikain Tfilas Arvis. Rashi tells us that Yaakov Avinu made Myriv. He was Misakin Myriv. Vishina Kasev, Volokasa, Vayispalel, Ose Vayispalel, Vayivka. That's to teach us a Kapsalo Aderech that the Derek got shorter, he passed by, he came back. Okay. Vayivka Bamakom is the marker for Yaakov Avinu enacting Myriv. Fascinating Ha'ara. If you look at the Gemara, many of us know the Gemara. The Gemara in Brachas Davchavav, that's the source for the Avos enacting the Tfilos. The Gemara tells us in Brachas Davchavav Mebeis, source number two, Itmar, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina, Amar, Tfilos, Avos Tiknum. The Tfilos are connected to Avos, Avram Shachris, Yitzchak Mincha, and Yaakov Arvis. Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Amar, Tfilos connected to Midim Tiknum. Shua ben Levi says the Tfilos are connected to Karbanos. Okay, we spoke about this a number of times in past years, Vayetze. We're going to focus on the first opinion tonight. Tanya Kavasi Rabbi Brachanina. There's a Brisa that supports Rabbi Yossi who says that the Tfilos were created by the Avos. Avram Tikin Tfilos Shachris. Avram did Shachris. Shenemar. Vayashkem Avraham Baboker. Elamakam Asher Amacham. Avram wakes up in the morning and goes to the place where he had stood right after Sodom. Ve'en Amida El Tfilah. And Amida is a reference to davening, to, to praying. Shenemar. Vayamo Pinchas Vayipalel. Good. Avram Avinu, based on that Pasik, he davened. Yitzchak tikein tefilas mincha. Yitzchak was mincha. Shneamar vayese Yitzchak lasuach basada. In two weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago's parsha, when Eliezer brings back Rivka, and Yitzchak was in the field. Vayese Yitzchak lasuach basada. Oh, he was davening. Ain sicha elat tefila, as the pasuk says. Tefila laniki yatov. V'lefnei Hashem yishpoch sicha. Good. And finally, the third our pasuk. Yaakov tikein tefilas arvis. Shneamar vayifka b'makom vayolensham. This is the Gemara. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. If we look at the Psukim and Rashi's comments on these three Psukim, somewhat unusual. First, let's look by Avraham. Perik Yutes, Pasuk Chavzayin. Yutes Chavzayin. That's the Pasuk that the Gemara quotes. Avram wakes up. Rashi on the Pasik? Silence. Rashi does not say a word. Doesn't say anything. No comments. That's on the Pasik by Avram Avinu. Yitzchak. Let's look in Pasha's Chayasara. Yitzchak, Perach of Dalid, Pasik Samach Gimel. Towards the end of the story, Eliezer, Vayese Yitzchak, Lasuach Basadeh, what does Rashi say? Lasuach, Lashon Tfilah. Oh, it's Tefillah. Kamo Yishpok Sicho. As the Pazak says in Tehillim. End of Rashi. Third Rashi. Yaakov Avinu. Our Pazak. Vayifka Bamakom. What does Rashi say here? Of Ein Pegiyah Ela Tefillah. Mikan She Yaakov Tikein Tefillah's Arvis. So the question is straightforward. The Gemara has three psukim, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. They're all Misakein, Atfila, and the Okop psukim. And yet Rashi, only on the third pasuk, 
quotes the Takana of the Avos. On the first Pasuk by Avram, he's silent, he doesn't say a word. By Yitzchak, he just explains the word. Oh, by the way, Sicha means Tfila. Doesn't say anything about Mincha. And then he, only here, Yaakov. So what's the, what's the message? So I heard in a Shia recently from uh, Rabbi Emanuel Bernstein, Isaac Bernstein's son, gives, uh, gives Shiurim, in, uh, I think in Yerushalayim. So he suggested that Rashi, Kedarko Bakodesh, Rashi's not interested in giving us all the facts. That's not what Rashi's purpose is. Rashi says that a few times, uh, a little bit throughout his commentary, but the most, most uh, uh, impressive formulation of this is the first Rashbam in Parshat Vayeshev which we mentioned a couple of years ago, where the Rashbam says, my grandfather was interested in giving pshat. He wants to tell us what the storyline is. You want to know the facts? Look in the Gemara. Look in the Gemara for the facts. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. That's true. Pshat and Mechanar. But I'm giving you pshat and the Pasuk. Whatever you need to know to understand the Pesukim. That's what I'm interested in. And the Rashbam there, if you remember, has the amazing comment that he said, my grandfather, Rashi, told me in the end of his life that if he would have had time... He would have written his commentary over again closer to Pshuto Shomikra. That's what he says. He quotes his grandfather. Amazing line. But either way, said Rabbi Bernstein that if you look at all these Rashis, it fits in beautifully. The first Rashi by Avram Avinu. The Pasuk says, right after stone, Avram David and pleaded for stone. Stone was destroyed. What does the next Pasuk say? Avram goes back to the same place where he was. Is there something not understandable? He, he went to Davin. I mean, he, Davin there, a minute ago, not a minute ago, but in the Psukim, a few Psukim ago, stone is destroyed, and now he goes back to the same place. What else is he doing? Rashi doesn't say a word. Because there's nothing difficult about that Pasuk to understand. So Rashi doesn't need to tell us anything. Yitzchak Avinu. We have no idea where Yitzchak's been. Right, the whole story with Eliezer, Rif goes on her way back, and finally, Yitzchak goes out to talk in the field. Who's he talking to? What's he doing? He's talking to himself? Where's Yitzchak been? We have no idea what's going on in the Pasuk. So Rashi says, You should know he's davening. That's all we need to know. Now the Pasuk is understandable. That's davening, Rashi says. Period. We understand it. Only now we come to Vayetze, Vayifka Bamakom. So first of all, Rashi says, Pegia is Tfila. But Rashi's still bothered. Why is Rashi still bothered? Or Rashi knows that we are still bothered. Why? Pegia is a very demonstrative, strong Lashon. Even in modern Hebrew, Atifkabi. Right? I, 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 I was Nifka. I was, I was, I was, I was insulted. Right, I'm pogea with somebody. That means I affect, I, I push something. I actively do something. That's the verb paga. So there, in our Rashi, Rashi is, is not happy with just to explain the word. There's got to be something deeper and stronger meant by this law shown. So that's why Rashi Dafka says, yeah, Abram, Yaakov Avinu was kovea something. He was kovea myrith. He was kovea tfilas arvis. So yes, the facts, look in the Gemara shot, in Mesechah's Brachas. But Rashi, by each of the Psukim, is interested in telling us what we need to know in order to understand the Pshuto Shal Mikra. By Avram, everything's understandable, Rashi doesn't say a word. By Yitzchak, 
Once we know what the word means, that's all we need to know. Now we understand. Yaakov Avinu, it's a stronger Lashon of Paga, and therefore he has to explain, no, it was a Takana that impacted generations. That's the strong Lashon of Paga, of Vayifka, Vayifka Bamak. He even connected it, maybe that Bamakom there is, Makom means, could mean Hashem, Right, Rashi notes, what, what makom, what place? We have no idea what place it is. Ba makom, is as if there's a hey hayadiya there. Biha makom, the place. So Rashi says, what place? Got to look earlier in the Torah. What place? Oh, must have been, must have been Haramoria, the place. Okay, but ba makom, according to Rashi, might mean ba makom, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by Yifka, we meet Hashem in Tefillah. But either way, that's, it's an idea related to the Gemara and Masechus Brachos. Okay, moving right along. Now we get into some discussion of the Imahos. Parachavtes, we meet Rachel and Leah. Chavtes Yudzayim. Tazayim. Ulu Lavan Shtebanos. Lavan has two daughters. Shem Hagdola Leah. Veshem Haktana Rachel. The older one is Leah. The younger one is Rachel. Ve'ene Leah Rakos. The eyes of Leah are Rakos. Hard word to translate. Soft. Rach. Rakos. Unculus. We run to Unculus if you don't understand something. Unculus is a translator and a commentary. Vieni lea yo'yon. Yo'yon. Yo'en. Usually means like appropriate, good, positive. So what does that mean? Eine lea yo'yon. And the next level, Rachel, I say, Yifas Torah, Yifas Mara. Rachel was beautiful. Rachel have a Shapira Bereva Yaya. Same word. Yaya. Right? Uncle says the Rakos and Vifas Mare. He's translated the same way. It's Yafet. So Yafet? So Chazal on the surface did not understand it that way. What does Rakos mean? So Rashi quotes Rakos. Shahisa Svura Laalos Begoralosav. She thought. I'm going to marry Esav. That's my shidduch. Obach said she cried. She was very upset. Her eyes became soft and weary from crying so much. Because everybody said, everybody knew, Yaakov, right? The grandson of Avraham. Everybody knew. Right? Rivka has two sons and Lavan has two daughters. Right, so that's why she cried so much. She didn't want to marry Esav. So on the surface, maybe that's the unculus. It was a positive trait. She was crying. She didn't want to marry a Russia. If you look in the Mayana Shal Torah, just a small thought that we'll get to a larger one. Source number three. He quotes the second of Mayor for the evening. I don't know if I've ever done that. Right? On line number one. Bikavana, very uh, creative. Bikavana tchila hirbatalea livkos. She cried on purpose. It's adding on to what Chazal say. She didn't want to marry Esav. So why she cry so much? She was just upset? Okay, Pashtus, yes. But nocha chachsha shematale begarola shal Esav, kedeshe yu enea rakos umare paneo yiskaer. If she cries so much, sometimes somebody cries, they don't look so pretty, they don't look so beautiful. She figured if he cried and cried and cried and cried, maybe Asa wouldn't want to marry her. Not only was she upset about it, 
but maybe she was forcibly trying to trying to do something to make Esav not want to marry her. Esav would be interested in physical beauty. So she thought, if I cry all the time, maybe it'll give me extra wrinkles, whatever it'll be. So he won't want to marry me. And he says, that's the uncleus. Right? Rakos ve'ene le'a yo'in. Appropriate. Rakos u'shaleni le'a. He yafyon. That's beauty. That's yo'er. Shekeni bo'a len mitochirat shamayim. L'baltipo v'garolo shal rasha. She did it all with proper kavana. So she doesn't have to marry Esav. And then she says, Rehav Arzlan, he says, this even explains the Pasuk later in the Parsha. The kachi epo pshuto shapasuk. When we know later on, Vayar Hashem ki snua Leah. When Leah was hated. When Leah was hated. What does it mean, snua? And even in the next, the next, Shimon. Ki shama Hashem ki snua anochi. That's why he's called Shimon. You're publicizing that you were the hated wife? That Yaakov loved the other one more than you? Why do you want to publicize that? Ki snua anochi? Says the man from Islam, no. With our pshat, it's saying something great about Leah. Line eight. V'kachi efo pshuto shal pasik. V'yar Hashem ki snua Leah. Shehi osa es hakol k'de lio snua. Hashem saw that I did everything that I could to be snua to Esav. And Mamela, I was ochet to also be with Yaakov. L'fichach v'yiftach ezrach mazach zolhoa nesha shvatim. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw she was so... Moseris Nafsha, not to want to be with this Russia. So that's why she cried and cried and didn't stop crying, trying to affect, trying to affect her uh, her physical appearance. rewarded her. because on the surface you would think Which one would want to publicize that fact? Ella, she was mefarsemesit, so she could teach Orbanos Israel. What you look for in a in a mate? Lamantel amdena baros Yisrael lekach sheishlasos hakol b'mesiras nefesh ubelvat shalolipo b'garol shal rasha. Whole new way of looking at Leia Imenu's actions uh, in the shot of the pasuk of kisnu Leia and inay Leia Rakos. One idea, but there's another idea I'd like to share with you, and that is Rashi is paraphrasing a Gemara. Rashi's paraphrasing, where Rashi says that she always cried because everybody used to say, two sons, two daughters, the the But if you look at the source, you might be quoting a Medrash, but if you look at the source, one of the other sources, the Gemara in Baba Basra, Kufchav Gimel, source number four, the Gemara tells it a little differently. Line seven in the Gemara. Rav Amar La'olam Rakos Mamish. Right, it means literally her eyes were soft. Velogenayula, ela shevachula. It is a shevach. Shaisa shomas al parshas drachim b'nei adam that she used to hear people saying. Shahayu omrim shnei banim yeshla lerivka shnei banos yeshla lelavan. She used to hear people say that. Exactly what Rashi quoted, but we'll continue. Hagdola legadol v'ktana lekatan. So people used to say she was going to marry Esav. Vahaisa yosheves al parshas drachim. Umash Eles. And she used to sit there and ask, Godol Mamasav, what's the older one like? Ishrahu Malastim Brios. He's a bad guy. Katan Mamasav, a Katan, what is he like? Ishtam Yoshevo Halim. He's an Ishtam. 
And she used to cry at Shanashu Risena till her eyelashes fell out. Ask the Ben Yehudah. If you look at the Gemara closely, what happened? Leah hears this Shmua, and then she says, What's the older one like? Oh, he's a rush. He's a bad guy. What's the young one like? It's a great Sadiq. It sounds like she only starts crying after she finds out what the younger one is like. As if, like, it's what, she's jealous? Oh, dude, both Rashawn might be okay. That's how they go to Gemara. What's the older one like? I'm going to marry the older one. What's the older one like? Oh, he's a Russia. Oh, yeah, what's the younger one like? Is it Sadiq? Oh, I can't believe it. What, what, why is it? Ask the Ben Yoyada, the Ben Ishchai, Kasha, source 5. Lama Isa Boche, Acher Sheyada Ma'asav Shalkaton. Vahalohi Isa Yoda, Shehi Chelko Shogado. Vikivan to Amru Lama'asav Ramai Lalivkos. She should cry right away. Why is it that she would even ask? What? I mean, you can't believe that Leah was, was jealous. So why did she wait? Right? She would be Misameach on, on her sister. So Venerali Vesyata Deshmai says on line 8, I think as follows. V'mishle Yudalad. Chachmas itnashim bansa beysa ve'ivelas biyadatar sen. Sheyesh adam ra no se'ishet sadekas. Sometimes, says the Ben Yoyada, a spouse is able to bring the other spouse around and be machzir them b'tshuva. You find that. So when Leah first hears that she's going to marry Esav, and even when she hears that Esav is a Russia, she's not upset yet. Okay, I'll take care of him. I'll take care of Esav. I'm going to whip him into shape. Not worried. It's going to be okay. She didn't cry yet. She was sure of herself. I'm going to bring him back. But then she hears that his roommate was Yaakov. For all these years, that's been his roommate. And still, he's Esav. That's it. Then she started crying. Forget it. If Yaakov couldn't do it for all these years, not only that, and he wanted to kill Yaakov, you know, I don't think there's too much hope for me. Yaakov Avinu, there's no way I could do it. And that's why she started crying. So it's a whole new insight. Says the Ben Yoyada, that's when, that's when she lost hope. Okay. Next one we have is from Revaron Cutler. We haven't had him in a long time, but this week, this past week, was his 50th yard site. And thought I'd share with you a thought of his from Mishnah Rabbi Aaron on Chumash. We have the whole story, as we know, of Yaakov Avinu working for his wives, a ha'ara that many of us don't pick up on. Right at the beginning, Yaakov Avinu comes and meets Lavan, and he says, Vayav, Yaakov is Rachel. Right, right at the Shlisha, Yaakov loves Rachel. Vayomer. What would we expect him to say? He loves Rachel. Could I please marry her? That's what we, if we, if we don't look at the parsha closely, then, you know, that's what I would have expected. But what does Yaakov say? 
Let me work for seven years to marry your daughter. Like Yaakov offers it before anything. Lava doesn't even like say anything yet. And right away, Yaakov is offering to work for seven years. As if Yaakov's not ready yet. He has to prepare for something. He has to work for seven years before he's zochet to live with Rachel, to marry her. So why does he make the offer? Question one. Question two also says Rabbi Aaron, it has to be that there's something deeper about this whole discussion. Right before, right, the Pesach previously is Rachel is beautiful and Yaakov loves her. We can't fathom, we can't accept that this is all physical beauty. That's all Yaakov, Leah, when, and when the Torah describes, yeah, okay, they are beautiful, wonderful, we're not arguing with that. But that can't be that that's the reason that Yaakov Avinu that, that's the, the surface understanding of this whole story. Says Rav Aaron, Hine parshas Yaakov Arachel, Eina parsha, Hine par, hine parsha, Sha'anashim minashuk mevinimota betsura misulefet. People understand it with a crooked understanding. Ha'atorah misaperet sh'arachel ha'isa, Yifas Torah bifemare, Vayehav is Rachel, Vekola yachas, if we think there's any type of physical taiva of desire amongst the players here, then we have a couple of problems. First of all, we're pogeya in Yaakov Avinu, the Bechir Ha'avos. Number two, the question that we asked before. So why didn't he say, I want to marry her right now? If it was all pure, if we could even say a taiva and desire for physical beauty. Number three, a question that we dealt with Five years ago, the Malbin points out, what does the Pasuk say later on after he's tricked and he works for Rachel? The days were like nothing. Days were like nothing. It went by so quickly. If it's about a certain desire or taiva, whenever I want something, it takes longer. In the words of the Malbim, Yom Lashana Yechashivlo. If I love a, if I love pizza and I can't have pizza for a long time, every day feels like an eternity. Not the opposite. It was like nothing. It was like quick, it went back quickly. So again, it can't be about Yaakov Avinu. And why did he offer seven years? And why was it Yom Machadim? Amongst other questions as well. How does he now realize Leah, Rachel, Ube'emes? So, Rabbi Aaron has a two-part thought. The first part is more nigla, the next part is a little more less nigla. Ube'emes. Yeshdom kama hezbeer ma'pi chazal aparshazu. There are a number, number of explanations. Thari echad hezbeer ma'pshutim. One of the more simple ones, says Rabbi Aaron, that I like is, Dekiyadua. Eitzel Avraham lo haya od gemar habinyin shal klal Yisrael. As we know, Avraham was not the completed Av. He was the revolutionary Av. He was the one that started the process. But as we know, he wasn't the chosen Av. In that, out of him came Yishmael. Gabazar shal Yitzchak. Yitzchak also. They each served like a model. But Yitzchak also wasn't the Bechir Havot. And out of him came Esav. As we know, Yaakov was the first one who produced the Shifteka, who produced a perfect unit. He was the Bechira Avos. He was Zoha to be making Kla Yisrael. Yaakov knew this. 
Yaakov, just like the Imos, had Ruach HaKodesh, as we know, the, the, the Gemaras talk about, they all knew there were going to be 12 children, that's why Leah didn't want to have more than 6, because then Rachel would have less than the Imos. They all knew the ship they caught were coming. Yaakov realizes this, he says, I need to be a proper hachana. I need to be perfectly prepared before I start the creation of the Jewish people, the creation of Am Yisrael. He needs to be purified after purification. Yaakov, line 37. Yada. Purification. Purification. If he is the one that is going to produce the Shvatim, so then he needs to prepare himself. And that is why he was the oldest getting married of all the Avos. He didn't get married at 40, right, like his father did. And even finally when he goes and he's 63 years old, he takes 14 years off to go learn. What is he going to learn for? I need to prepare myself for this major event of starting to build and produce the Jewish people. I need to be older. I need to have more experience. I need to go learn for 14 years without, without any distractions. And finally, he comes at, at, the, at, the, at the, you know, he's a, an eligible bachelor at 77. He gets there to Rachel and Leah. Lebeis Lavan in the second column, Igiya Yaakov, he's 77. And he still feels, now that I'm here, now that I'm in Golos, I need to prepare again. Because I'm setting the stage for all the Jewish people to survive in Gauls. See, even before I get married, I need seven years. That's what he offers. He gets there, I want Rachel, seven years. But it obviously wasn't. It was She was beautiful, but there was obviously so much, so much deeper elements to Yaakov's feelings here. She's the one. But it's not Taiva, because I need seven years to prepare to be ready to start building with her. Now that I'm here in Gullis, let me work for seven. And he's a shepherd, Dafku with the sheep, as we know, so many of our biblical characters, Moshe and David and Yosef, all shepherds. Because shepherding somehow is connected to bringing closer to HaKadosh Baruch. So finally, after the seven years, he's ready. He's ready. He feels, okay, I'm ready to be Mamad the Shifte Kah. Right, 84 years old. Because on Aram is Hachana HaKabir Shais and Nitzrechaz Lizgatlis Chavrus Yaakov Aracha. That's part one. Nigla. Now he gets into a little deeper relating to this specific story. V'hinei harayadua ki Rachel haise ikarosh al-bayis. Rachel was, as we know, the main wife, the Akeris al-bayis. How in this parsha do we see that she somehow typified and the coming together with Yaakov was the bringing together of the ultimate, the ultimate ish, the, the wife? Obviously, we're not, we're not, nothing negative on Rachel. We just spend time on Rachel. We have a thought about Rachel, thought about uh, on Leah. But we're talking about Rachel now. So he explains. As we know, each of the Avos symbolized a different Midah. Torah, Avodah, and Gimilas Chasadim. Many write this. Avram Avinu, as we know, was the Amudah Chesed, Gimilas Chasadim. Yitzchak Avinu, Avoda. He was the carbon himself. He was a carbon. And Yaakov was the Amudah Torah. Torah, Avoda, and Gimilas Chasadim, in the opposite order. Chesed, Tfilah, Avoda, and Torah. 
Torah, says Rab Aaron, is a application of the uniqueness of the human being. As we know, the Unkelis tells us in Parshas Bracious, in the third column now, what makes man unique is his power of speech. Koach adibor. adam chaya. A living spirit, Unkelis says, a ruach mamalala, a talking spirit. Says Avaron Cutler, there are two powerful ways that we have to use our speech to show and to fulfill our potential as the chosen creation. As the Kuzari says, Domim what we say and what we don't say. Power of speech includes Asetov, but also Surmeira. The power of using it properly, of speaking, and the power of not using it negatively. That's the full potential of Dibur. And he quotes from the Alshech HaKadosh and from the Vilna Gon that there are Svarim and sources that say that man's main tafkid is the asetov, is the using it positively to fulfill the Koach HaDibur in, in, in fulfilling and doing and saying. And that's why he's B'chul even Talmud Torah, even L'Shma, because it's all about the asetov, the doing. V'ha'ish majvegaso he kiyum ve'ikert sivuyo hu kum v'asei isha line sixteen but majvega shmira ve'ikert sivuyo sheva tase the ikker of the of the of the female says the Vilna Go and says the alshich is the not speaking when we're not supposed to speak I was just thinking parenthetically it's interesting usually just generalizing and stereotyping women have more of a koach hadibur not koach hadibur a ratzon to speak and shmuz more while men really are, are quiet much more but maybe that's after the point because we have to overcome our, our nature to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with. Right? Right? Men who talk less have to forcibly, no, it's a force, we have to, we have to talk, we have to Torah, whatever. And a woman who talks more has to control. So it could work, it could work against our nature as Bedafka. But says Rabbi using all that as backgrounds, Lefizeh, he says, according to this, maybe we understand the whole idea of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu and Rachel, Yaakov, who is the Amud HaTorah. And he was about to come together and be mitchaber, to come connected to Rachel. What did Rachel do in this, in this Nisuin, which ended up not even being her Nisuin? She kept quiet. She was Shosekis. And that was part, says of Aaron, in a backhanded way. Yes, okay, trick, whatever. But in a backhanded way, her being quiet and letting Leah go first. Because ultimately they were both going to be the wives. But in that way she fulfilled and she reached the level of Hachana to be able to be mitchaber with Yaakov Avinu and in that way bring Yaakov, who is the ultimate in Torah of the using the Koach of the Dibur, and Rachel symbolizing the Shtika. In that way, Lachen Zivugo Haya turning the page at the end and that's why fascinating throughout look at Rachel's descendants Rachel's descendants she put it into their DNA to overcome and to be quiet right who Binyamin Binyamin's stone on the Choshen was the Yashveh which Chazal says is Yeshpeh there's a mouth that keeps quiet when it has to be and who else 
Tav says Placha Shtika, but Chayin Tavsu Baneha Placha Shtika. Im Kol Stak Lukusa Liish Eches Yaakov V'Chulu. I'm sorry, did I skip it? Did I skip it? Um, no, at the end. V'Chen Al Shol Nomar Shol Amelech. He didn't say even after he was anointed. He was an Anav. Esther Amalka Ein Esther Magedes. Right, her descendants Yarshin this Mida of Shtika, and that's how Yaakov and Rachel are Zocha to come together. Okay. Getting back a little bit down to Death and Nigma. If you look in Paraglamad Aleph, next thoughts. A couple of interesting thoughts coming up. Lamad Aleph base. What happens? Vayishma Aleph, Vayishma is different, Bnei Lavan, Leymar, Lokach, Yaakov, and the Shur Lavinu. Vayar Yaakov is Pnei Lavan. Yaakov sees the face of Lavan. Vihinei Enenu Imo Kitmoshul Shul. Lavan's face, a little bit changed. Doesn't look like he used to look. Doesn't look like he used to look. So if you look in uh, one of Rabbi Pliskin's farm and grow through Torah in source number eight, he just quotes a thought we're gonna we're gonna expand upon. Facial expressions are so powerful. Right? Lavan gives away his feelings and his hashkafa just by his looks. He didn't say a word. Yaakov says it's time to leave. He sees ya- he sees Lavan. Lavan didn't say a word. So nothing verbal is communicated that would imply that Lovin felt resentment or animosity. Nevertheless, Yaakov was sensitive to the look on Lovin's face. Especially, says Rabbi Pliskin, with people you see on a regular basis. Take note of how they look when they are pleased with someone and when they are displeased. In both directions, we have to try to be sensitive to those who are around us and pick up on their facial expressions. And obviously the opposite. Our facial expressions affect all of those around us. As Rapam once said, a person's face is a Rishos HaRabim. You're not allowed to be mazik in a Rishos HaRabim. Our face says it all. From here we can also see how careful we must be with our own facial expressions when talking to people. Right? Whatever the mood is, and you saw, he once heard, he quotes from a famous Rosh Hashiva that his father was always extremely careful to smile and look at people when he greeted them. One time he walked in and he was preoccupied in a thought and one of his Talmidim says, don't you like me anymore? Have, you, have I done something wrong? He says, why? What, what's the matter? He's like, I don't know, you look like. And he realized that he affected the other person because he looks sour. We affect others. And says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter in the back of Ar Yisrael, which is his main sefer on Musr, the Nesibos Or is printed. So there, towards the back, he has a little entry on the Sefer Panim Yafis. As it says in Perka Yavos, we, we have to greet people with a smile. And he quotes an unbelievable Rashi's Chachma, one of the Kabbalistic Svarim, early Achronim. Am Rabbi Yosi, Bishah Shadam Niftar Mena Olam, Lo Daishu Nivam Imalach Hamaves. Not only do we have to stand in judgment for everything that we did, El Show Elo, but we are asked, Kluma Sakta Betora, Uba Gemilas Chasadim, Vehim Lachta Lakoncha. Did you make God King every morning, every night? Shma, Vehim Lachta Et Chavercha. Benachas Ruach? Were you mamlich your friend? Did you give your friend the, the appropriate covet? Not only mamlich HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have to be mamlich our friends. Benachas Ruach, turning the page, Ulaharos lo panim meiros, to give them a shining face. Tichbad v'yoser ma'adam ushari chas v'shalom b'da'aga upachad upanav. And he quotes, it doesn't even matter if I'm doing it l'shem shamayim. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter said he remembers when he was a little boy one time 
walking in town. And he says there was one person who was a big Yerushamayim. And he was Elul. And he was scared. And he was walking around. And he remembers when he was a little boy, it was Arab Yom Kippur. And he was going to the base Madrish. One of the Yerayim passed him in the street and he saw the Yira and the Pachat on his face. And he saw Salat and asked him. He needed to know something. He needed to ask him. He needed to answer to a question. He asked him a question. And, and the guy couldn't answer him. He said, no, I, I can't. I can't. No. So he saw Salat said, when he passed away, I said to myself, what does his Yira Shamayim have to do with being nice to me? What does that have to do with stepping on my toes? Did I do anything wrong to him? So he has a lot of Yerat Shemayim, but I asked him a simple question. Even if it's in the name of Torah and Avodah, we can't step on anybody else. And we can't even give anybody a sour face. So you're a Yerat Shemayim. You're scared. It's Yerat Kippur. You should all be serious. Still be nice to someone. Makabal is called the Mesever Panim Yafis. There's even an unbelievable Meiri. I don't know why this Meiri isn't more famous. I'm going to make it famous right now. Right? Pirkeyavos. Makabal is called Mesever Panim Yafis. What does Besever mean? Nobody focuses on that word. Greet everybody but Panim Yafis with a smile. What's Besever Panim Yafis? Says the Meiri on Pirkeyavos. You have it in Source 11. Saver is from the word Svara. At least let him think that you're happy. Besever with the svara upon him, office. Even if you're upset, even if I'm upset about something, at least give them the svara. Let them think that I'm happy to see them. Let them think that I'm in a great mood, so I don't get them into a negative mood. That's a meiri. Besever upon him, office. Afilu lo ayalipcha sameach bekach. Hared atzmecha lefanav kisameach albiaso. Achi he sober alecha before he thinks of you. You know, out of everything else. We get all that from Lavan's face being changed. Yaakov Avinu picked up on it. Okay. Moving right along. Okay. A couple of other points for the evening. Paraglamad Aleph Pasik Dalad. Lamad Aleph Dalad. So, Tupsukim later. Yaakov sees his Lavan. It's time to leave. After he sees the face is different, Hashem says to Yaakov, it's time to leave. You got to go back to Eretz Canaan. Yaakov goes and calls Rachel and Leah. And he says to them, Honeys, He says, I, I, I have seen your father's face. You know, he's not, I think our relationship is not the same. By the way, you know, Hashem is with me, and you know, and you know, I've worked your, for your father very honestly. He's tricked me ten times. You have like ten psukim here. Yaakov's like, okay, so do you agree to go back? Ask many of the Mepharshim. Again, we've spoken about this question before. Why didn't Yaakov just tell Rachel and Leah, Hashem told me we have to leave. Let's go. No, you know, I've been tricked, and and your father's not going to give you a big Yerusha anyway, and this whole long thing. And Rachel and Leah answer, you're right, right. Do we have any Yerusha here? No, forget it. There's no reason for us to say. We might as well go. What is going on here? Why did Yaakov say, Hashem told me, and Rachel's like, okay, we're going. Yaakov and Rachel give a whole reason, and Rachel and Leah answer in kind. Yeah, you're right, you're right. The, financially, 
We shouldn't stay. Let's go. Talking about the Avos here. Yaakov Avinu. Says the Tam Vadas. You could review from a number of years ago, Rav Yosef Nechem Yekornisar's answer. Says the Tam Vadas for this year, with Sternbach. What does he give a whole reason for? So he says, maybe it's connected to Ashitas Haramba. V'nirem ikan rayel Ashitas Haramba. A Rambam that has come up before. The Rambam in Shmona Prakim, in the sixth parak of his Akdama to Avos, discusses the philosophical issue. Is it greater to want to do the Avera and overcome and say, I'm not doing it because Hashem told me not to do it? Or should I not even want to do the Avera? I should condition myself, I don't even want to do the Avera. So the Rambam says this is a big machokas between the philosophers and the Chachamim. The philosophers say it's better to condition yourself not to even want to do the Avera, while the Chachamim say no, Efshi be Efshi, Abal, that's the greater value. Says the Rambam, I'm going to make a pshara between philosophy and the Chachamim. Kedarko Bakodesh. Depends what type of Avera you're talking about. Says the Rambam. If you're talking about what we call Mishpatim, what we call Sichlios, like murder, one shouldn't say, I wish I could kill that person. But you know what? Hashem told me I can't. No, that's not the proper attitude of Yahadus. You know, I wish I could steal, but no. I should say, I should condition myself not to want to do those Averis. Shreif, Shatniz, there's no problem with having a taiva for shotness or for something not kosher. That non-kosher item, oh, I wish I could eat it. But you know what? Hashem says I can't. That's no problem. That's fine, says the Rambam. So suggest the Tam Vadas, maybe one of the sources where the Rambam got that from, is right here. Is right here. V'nira mikan ra'i l'shitas ha-Rambam. B'shmona prakim. Shem ha-chadish. Shem ha-mitzvah's chukiyos. K'mo shatniz basav ha-chalav. Lo yomar she'en ritzono bohem. Elo yomar she'en ritzono bohem. Avala kodesh baruch ha-wasar. But the mitzvah sikhliyos. G'neva g'zeh l'shvichas damim ono v'chulu. That you kind of try to condition yourself. So here, it makes sense to leave Eretz, to leave Lava and go back. Line 11. Shemnira mea pasikan tzibuya kadosh barachu lebrach milavan enorak zera. This isn't a chok. Makes a lot of sense to leave. Yishkam svara. And that's why Yaakov Avinu told them the svara. He wanted them to do it not only because Hashem told them to. He wanted them to do it based on understanding. And that's how they answer. And then, right, he quotes a number of other, uh, he quotes a story of the Chazonish. He says that one time somebody went, said, uh, one of the Tamil of the Chazonish comes and says, uh, he wants to ask about a certain girl he's going out with. He said, I'm going out with her. And she said, you know, I am ready to sacrifice. And sacrifice, sacrifice to marry you. Right? To be a bentora. The Chazonish says, if it's so much of a sacrifice, you don't, you're not going to enjoy it? You just think your life is going to be a sacrifice? He says, that's, that's not the proper attitude. Says you have to right. If something makes sense, you can have a lot of Torah in one's life. Look at the story. The Chazanish thinks that you know we have to condition ourselves when when there's sichlios in order to in order to follow batel ritzoncha or asay ritzoncha ritzoncha Okay, and he talks more other examples, but we're going to continue to try to squeeze in two more thoughts. First is a thought that we must apologize why we haven't looked at him more. But he is really one of the one of the most amazing people over the past, most amazing commentaries over the past hundred years, and that's Rav Menachem Kasher. Rav Kasher was the editor of the Torah Torah Shlema. 
if you need a whole light, a whole bookcase just for to have the a set of Torah Shlema, and you know, 1930s putting together every single medrash from every single source in one safer without a computer is just unbelievable. Besides the footnotes that he has, and he was also one of the major editors of of the Encyclopedia Talmudis, Kasha was just unbelievable. So at least we could we could uh, look at this unbelievable thought that he has on one of the names of the Shvatim. We know there are 12 people born in this parsha, 11 men, one one lady. Dina plus the first eleven Shvatim. And one of the Shvatim born is Yisachar. Or shall I say, Yisachar. That's our question. As we know, Yisachar is spelled without a, uh, with a silent sin, according to most accounts. Most people say Yisachar. Paraglamet Pasu Yuches, Fatikra Shmo, Yisachar, or Yisachar. That is Pasik Yud Ches. Two points. Why is Yisachar spelled with two sins? That's question one. We'll come back to that question in a minute. Another point. There are at least three different minhagim in terms of laning Yisachar. Most minhagim, most shuls in the world, lane it, the word Yisachar, as Yisachar. Silent second sin, start to finish. Yisachar is always pronounced Yisachar. That's one minhag, the most prevalent minhag. There's another minhag. I was in a shul growing up where the first time Yisachar is laned, Vayetze, it's Yisachar. Every other time it's Yisachar. It's the second minhag. This is all in Rav Kasher in Source 15. And then there's a third minhag, which Rav Salvechik is quoted as, as doing in Nefesh Arab. I think Rav Shechler quotes it. And that is Yisachar up until Parshas Pinchas. And then in Parshas Pinchas, he switched to Yisachar. Three minhagim. Let's keep that on the back burner for a minute. Says Rav Kasher. Right, and you have the Medrash in Source 14, Yisachar, Ksiv betrayed Shinin, right, you spell it with two shins, Chad Kari Bakamets, Vidagash Vachad Lokari, one of them is silent. Says Rav Kasher, there are three suggestions by the Rishonim why Yisachar has a silent second sin. Three suggestions. Number one, he quotes the Eben Ezra on line four. The Eben Ezra says, no, you find other examples in Tanakh of a double letter where the second letter is silent. Don't get so excited. Right, you find this by Mechatzrim, which is spelled Mechatzitzrim. Right, you find that the Eben Ezra, the Radak, right, a Pashtan. It's a silent letter. What do you want from me, says the Eben Ezra. Don't, make such a, don't go so crazy about it. It's a silent letter. Okay, fine. Second idea. Line six, he quotes from other sources. Ki hayasham Why is Yisachar with two sins? Because it's referring to two way, two payments, two schars. Schar nesina zilpol Yaakov. Number one, bischar that she gave over her maidservant to Yaakov Avinu. She goes over zilpa. So bischus that act following right Sarah Imenu. Bischus giving her. So she was Ocher. That's one schar. And the second schar is the schar Nesinas Dudaim L'Rachel. She gave the Dudaim to Rachel, which led to this, uh, led to the birth. That one is not so nice to talk about publicly. But those are the two schars. But that's why, suggests the source, also, the first, only one of them is said out loud. 
Because the second reason, the second schar, is not something you really want to publicize. The schar of the Dudaim, it's, it's making very gashmi, Yaakov Avinu's rights for each night. So that is why it's only one to, one is said out loud. And then there's a third, re- third reason. That's the second reason why you, this, the Yisach, the second sin is silent. The third reason is based on the Medrash. Based on the Medrash. Lefi, one of Yisachar's sons was called Yov. Yud Vav Vet. Yud Vav Veis. Yov. Ubnei Yisachar Tola Ufuva V'yov. Amar Yisachar, Ein Yov Shem Hagun. The problem is, the Medrash tells us, there was a major Avodah at the time, which was also called Yov. And Yov complains to his father, I don't like my name. What did you name me Yov for? So Yisachar says, fine, I'll give you one of my sins. And that's why in Parshas Pinchas, if you look at the sons of Yisachar, it's Yashuv. And it's not Yov. That's what it says. That's why the second sin in Yisachar is silent because he gave it to his son. Says Rav Kasher, and this is where his godless is, besides putting all this together, the three minhagim parallel the three reasons. If you have the most prevalent minhag where you're always laying the second sin silent, start to finish, that's reason number one. It's one of those silent letters. So you're always laying it silently. If you hold the second reason that you suffer is because of the two schars, but it's not so nice to have the second one out loud. So the first time you lane it both, because that's why he's called. He's called Yisachar because of the two schars. But the rest of the Torah, you don't pronounce it. You don't pronounce the sin because, you know, you know it's Gnai. But according to the third reason, up until Pinchas is Yisachar, and in Pinchas, when he gave his sin to his son, when it changes to Yashuv, that's when you switch it to Yisachar. The three reasons parallel to the three Minhagim. Unbelievable. Okay, one final thought for tonight from Rav Mordechai Eliyah. Now going back towards the beginning of the parsha, I just wanted to end with this. Back at the beginning of the parsha, when Yaakov is lying on the on the uh, on the ground, and the Hakadosh Baruch was kaviyachol on top of the on top of the ladder. The land that you are lying on, I've given to your you and your children. So Chazal already bothered. The land, the entire land, that he's only lying on one spot of the land. What do you mean the land that he is lying on? Rashi, Kipel HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kol Eretz Yisrael Tachtav. Hashem folded over the entire land of Israel and put it under Yaakov Avinu. Ramazlo Shetehei Nocha Li Kavesh Lebanav Ka'arba Amos. To give him a remez, Eretz Yisrael will be conquerable to your children, just like putting, I'm putting it all under you right now. Am Yisrael will prevail. And Am Yisrael, right, people of all of Eretz Yisrael under Yaakov Avinu. If this is true in every generation, and if this is true in our generation, it's Rahman al-Islan, it's again true today, over the past week and the events that we have of the past week. 
And Rav Mordechai Elio just points out to us, Yaakov is only zochet to this, as we get mentioned at the beginning, because he's dreaming of Malachim. Because he's focusing on, When HaKadosh Baruch Hu is on my mind, when I kind of realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, so then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then the land is Noachli Kabesh. V'yachin says Rav Mordechai Elio, Kol milchamos Yisrael b'kibesh aretz. Every single war in the land of Israel, starting with Yoshua bin Nun, everyone was miraculous. Everyone. Some of them were more miraculous than others. But everyone. Hayu malubos benisim gluyim. Hechel mikibesh Yoshua. Bechol marachot Yisrael ad yameinu anu, says the Mordechai Elio. Everything is based on this Haftacha. Kaddish Baruch puts all of Eretz Yisrael under Yaakov Avinu and says, it's yours. As long as you don't have the attitude of As long as we have the attitude of HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps out Tzahal. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is behind the Tzavah. If we follow the mitzvahs and we follow the Mesiris Nefesh, we all remember it was clear. The Six Day War. But it's all because, he says, because at that time we felt, says that's how we always have to feel. The more we feel that all we have is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is behind the Hishtablis, that of course we have to do. So then, the Isarusa de Latata, the awakening below, will lead to the awakening above. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give all Ka Yisrael and all Medina Yisrael and all those who are protecting us, special siyata d'shmaya, and we should be zochet, like Yaakov Avinu, to have the entire Eretz Yisrael under us physically, under us uh, symbolically. We should be zochet to all, machos based David, in return of all the brachas and the yeshuos from HaKadosh Baruch.